0: Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Movie Melting Pot Podcast. I am here with my co-host Richard. Say hello Richard. Hey guys, welcome back. This week we're going to be talking about uh, what we talked about we were going to do last week. Uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. We, just, we decided that we want. I looked it up on Wikipedia... It is a Halloween movie, and I think after watching it, it it's a Halloween movie. I would say so because I mean, the main premise is Halloween kind of
1: takes over Christmas. Yeah, so I
0: mean, I mean, it's not about Christmas; it's about Halloween people, or just like one Halloween person in particular wanting to,
1: right? Wanting to take to over Christmas, be in the spotlight, I guess, for for the big holiday.
0: Uh. If you guys would like to watch this, it's free on Disney+. Plus. Yep. Uh, if you have Disney+, Plus, you can go and find it. Your local theater's probably playing it. I know ours is. Really? Um, yeah. The Moberly one? Yeah. I didn't know that. Wow, way to tell people where we live, Richard. It's been said
1: before. I don't think so. I'm almost positive I've
0: accidentally said it before. Anyway. <laughs> Our local theater is playing it uh, yours probably is to I think it's on another streaming service. I can't think of which one it is. but
1: I thought it might have been on Netflix at one point, but I went there to try to find it and it, it wasn't, wasn't there. there. Yeah. So I think it used to be, but I think Disney pulled it to theirs, and so Netflix pulled it off of theirs.
0: Did you end up watching it so. on Disney Plus? Yeah. I didn't know you had. I thought you canceled your Disney Plus. You got a seven-day free trial, didn't you? More or less. You <laughs> someone else's Disney Plus? Potentially. Potentially? It's not illegal, Richard. You can say it. Then yes, I did. You <laughs> <laughs> used someone else's... I did. Okay. hundred
1: percent. I have it on my, my PlayStation, so... Have it saved, because it's It's important. not mine, is it? No.
0: You better not be lying to me. I'm about no, to change my password yours. right now.
1: That's not yours. It's somebody else's. I don't even know yours, so... I've never even used. I, yours. I
0: uh, all right. It's somebody else's. I promise. We have to take your word for it. Uh, real quick, if you guys are listening, uh, I don't know who out there is listening. Um, but if you know, it's leave you, a, leave leave a review. Pop yeah. pop in a review. Leave a rating. Only if it's five stars. None of that one star garbage. You know, we're too untalented for one stars. We need participation trophies on this podcast. Yeah.
1: So I guess like a one star's kind of a participation trophy. It's like the judgmental equivalent to a a participation trophy. No,
0: cuz participation trophies make you feel good, but one stars make you feel like, "Oh.
1: Yeah, but it's it's <laughs> kind of like the at least you tried. But it but leaving if, no review is kind of like the No, the non-participation trophy. The
0: one star is like a sarcastic at least you tried, like I'm going to rub it in your face. You suck. Heh, <laughs> at least you tried. Yeah. You thought. So at least leave like a 2 or a 3. Yeah. I mean, no ones. Yeah. If you leave a 2, leave a review. Yeah. Let us know why. Uh, quick takes to the movie. Uh, my first one, uh, it's a very creative movie. Very well directed. Um, I would say, and this is just me personally, I would say this is a good movie for kids that are a bit younger. Um. Yeah, not too young, but like I I said eleven or twelve.
1: Right around that preteen age is probably optimal. I'd yeah. say
0: this is a good way to get them into scary movies or horror movies is starting them off with this. I would say ten or younger. You know, you're pushing it, especially if you get down to like six. Yeah. Yeah. Don't go. It might be a little too it. much. But it, yeah, it's a good, good yeah. movie.
1: I mean, I enjoy it. I think it's pretty entertaining. Uh, and like you said, it's, it's really creative, like you see a lot of, of creativity involved, in I guess the claymation that you would I guess you, is what you would call it, but very creative.:
0: Yeah. All right, I'm going to read our second-ever handwritten plot synopsis. Jack Skellington is the pumpkin King, master of Halloween. He's beloved by the townspeople but feels an empty hole in himself because of his lack of purpose and challenge. Halloween is simply too easy. When he stumbles upon Christmas town he finds what he hopes will fill that hole becoming Sandy Claws and delivering Christmas. He fails, but along the way, learns some valuable lessons and defeats his mortal enemy, the terrible Oogie Boogie. Pretty solid Yeah. I, this movie was not what I expected it to be. I, I knew this is Halloween. The but song? I, yeah. Every, I mean, everyone knows this, this is Halloween, yeah. this, but yeah, I, I, didn't know, to to I didn't right know, I didn't know that it would, are you sick or something? No, I just, oh. I'm too tired for that but i didn't know that this was an actually like a musical
1: yeah it's it's one of the things that i had forgotten like i've seen it in the past and this was like your first time kind of experiencing it and when i've seen it in the in the past like i knew it was a musical but like i just kind of forgot like i knew that it had a soundtrack and the soundtrack's fantastic like i i love the musical numbers but like I just forgot that you could really consider the entire movie to be a musical as most of what takes place is, like, singing and song. Like, there's very little just normal dialogue, I would say. I mean, there's plenty. Yeah, there's enough for it to not feel like, you know, this is no Les Mis. Yeah. You know, like, there's some good dialogue. Um, You know, it's not, like, lit equivalent to Les Mis or, you know, like, Hamilton. But you know, I I'd say it's still definitely more of like a musical. Um, probably
0: closer to like the likes of Grease. I to be honest, I've never watched Grease either. What? I've just watched that. Is it college humor that makes fun of Grease? Probably they make fun of pretty much everything. That one that one video in particular though. You know which one I'm talking about? No. Okay, don't don't watch it. Okay. Well, you and I can watch it, but. People listening don't watch it. Naturally, uh, and I mean, I think I thought the music was good. I think it was like nominated for like an Academy Award, but I don't know. I, I'm and I'm like a progressive music fan. I love odd time signatures and tempos, and mm-hmm. you know, I like when people string out melodies. But even this musical was like pushing it for me. They just like they just had so many words, and they just had. It's like they fit the music to the words, mm-hmm. and not the words to the music. And I think in a musical, the music always needs to come first. And they failed that for me.
1: Hmm.
0: Which, I mean, when when it, when I wasn't expecting a musical and I got one, that's kind of like a turnoff. Like I don't even think the musical is that good. Really? Yeah. Like, it was good. But, I th- like, from what I was reading, like, the score was critically acclaimed. And I'm over here like, um, <laughs> I didn't really like it that much. Yeah.
1: But now that I'm thinking about it, like, you had talked about how, you know, like, this might be a good kind of, like, introduction movie for, like, kids, like, younger kids to horror movies, but it could also be a pretty good introduction movie for kids to like musicals. Like more more musically like inclined movies, I'd say, if that made any sense. Yeah, I mean, I cuz like I feel like it would appeal like if you were to try to take like a a 10-year-old, 11, 12, you know, something like that, somewhere in that age range, sit them down and have them watch Miz and tell them that it's a, it's a great musical, they're probably going to be probably not super engaged. But if you sit them down in front of this movie, I think they'd be pretty engaged. So
0: I mean, I, I would honestly slightly beg to disagree. I think at that age, at that younger age, maybe girls like musicals and boys don't. I know I was that way and now I really like musicals. And, uh, look, I don't think you could get even a a 13-year-old boy to sit down and, like, love any musical, no matter how spooky or weird it is. You tell him, hey, this is a musical, sit down and watch it, he will kill himself. Rather than be forced to sit through the torturous, what what is this, an hour and 18 minutes? Yeah, it's something pretty like close that. to an hour and a half or something. They couldn't do it. There was no way I could have done I, I don't know. I grew up, you know, you and I started watching Fiddler on the Roof. I don't think you liked Fiddler on the Roof Not that particularly. much. I really like Fiddler on the Roof. I remember being 13 and my sisters and my mom watching it and me being forced to watch it. It was agony. It was pure agony. See, I just think that,
1: I think you could. I think you could get a preteen. Because, like, you're not going to sit them down and be like, this is a musical, watch it. You're just going to be like, hey, this is like a Halloween movie, you know, let's see how it is. And I think, for the most part, I think they'd be okay. Because it is, like, it is the creepiness and it is, like, the tricks and, like, the gimmicks and, like, all kinds of stuff that's, like, designed to keep younger people, like, entertained. You know what I'm saying? It's not about, like, the the hardcore storytelling that you get from, like, Les Mis or, like, Fiddler on the Roof or, you know, like, Hamilton. Like, it's not designed to be like that. It's meant to be for
0: a younger audience. Well, everything you just named there has nothing to do with music. What?! You're like all, all of those the, musicals, all the creepy things and the tricks. And, oh, yeah, but I'm saying like that's, that's what's your selling point to children. Yes, not not the, not not, but you're not gonna get kids to like musicals because of this. You might get kids to like movies. You might get kids to like Halloween. No, oh, I just think you that might it's like get kids to like scary movies.
1: No, you're misunderstanding me. I think it's like, I think it's a way to introduce them to the concept of a musical, where a movie has so many different soundtracks incorporated into, like, the movie itself. Like, yes, you're not going to register it as, like, it's a musical. And it's not like the musical aspect of it appeals to the kids. Like, people don't, people don't watch The Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast because it's, like, such a great, you know, they're such great musicals. It's, like, they have good musical numbers and they have good songs, but that's not, like, the main appeal to
0: children. Tell that to any girl who likes Frozen.
1: I could. <laughs> if I took any girl who likes Frozen or anybody who likes Frozen and said, do you think that this is just, like, a hardcore musical, they would be like, no.
0: Because they don't know what hardcore means.
1: It means, like, lame <laughs> is or something we like can that. Do th-
0: we can do this all day, Richard. We could, but... I think it's time we move on from this argument cuz you're so. not going to win and you're not going to win because we're arguing completely different points. Uh I think Oogie Boogie really sold this movie for me. And if we want to have an argument about this one cuz you were very confused by this take. I thought Oogie Boogie was great and you're like what? He just like
1: for me he just wasn't a big he wasn't a huge part of the movie. Like he was I guess obviously the antagonist. Yeah. But like for the most part you don't really see a whole lot of him. Like you see him eat that weird little insect thing. <laughs> to be honest, I thought it was a cat.
0: <laughs> I don't know what it was.
1: Cuz I thought it was like a little stick bug, but like a giant stick bug. Yeah, I thought it
0: was like a cat.
1: Yeah, I wasn't sure what it really was. But it was like it was weird. And, you know, like, the way I see it, he just wasn't really involved in the movie enough. You know, like, especially compared to, like, most Disney movies, where you see, like, the the antagonist throughout the entire thing. And with this, it was, like, it was very brief where you see him kidnap uh, Santa Claus, right? I guess technically somebody else steals Santa Claus. But like lock stock and barrel, dude. Yeah, but you see him kind of doing his weird stuff, where I guess he's like about to eat Santa Claus or dump yeah. him in lava or something like that.
0: Well, I th- I think he was about or was his bugs. He wanted the bugs to eat him. Yeah, because he's made up of a hive mind of bugs or something. Yeah, but he was, like rolling the dice. Yeah, and the whole the whole thing kind of came out like a casino. Yeah. sequence. Which
1: was really cool. Like the yeah. visual
0: effects of that entire scene were really cool. And I think that's part of the reason why I like it so much is cuz like Sorry Halloween Town, it's literally just brown ugh, brown and black and orange. Right. Traditional Halloween colors. Yeah. And and that's it and it gets kind of stale after a while because uh there's no outside color except for like his one song what well, I don't remember what it's called what's this if that's what it's called. Yeah. Where he's like Where well, he's, can- but he's in Christmastown. Yeah. So he's in there for about 2 minutes and that's about the only other color right. you get. And then boom, you're in Oogie Boogie's basement and everything's neon. Yeah, and you get pink hit with all of these green. different colors. And he's pulled this he's on this roulette wheel, it's spinning and yeah. It was very well
1: done. Like, the creativity of that was really cool. Yeah. And I
0: I really liked it. And, like, the way that it was incorporated. And, you know, because this is a stop-motion movie, I'm not sure if they did... I mean, it, it came out in 93, I think, so they, I don't think there was any computer animation... When Jack rips the string and his burlap sack kind of falls off and you see the bugs. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, that's also very impressive. I don't know how big they had to make that model to make the bugs look so lifelike, but... I mean, it had to be a sizable size. Right. And so, the wonder of this crazy scene with Oogie Boogie... I don't know. I, just, I also just really like the dude's voice. Yeah, he had a really solid like singing voice. Which, I looked him up. That's Ken Page. Uh, he's not really famous for anything. Probably except other than that. He was in a Broadway production. I don't know if it's the original. Of Cats. Really? Yeah. He was Old Deuteronomy. Which, hmm. I don't know which cat that is. I've not seen it. Have you seen the like any part of the new one, like even nope. the trailers? Well, I've seen some of the trailers. I think Michael Gambon might have played Old Deuteronomy, or maybe, I or maybe Judy Dench. I could,
1: I don't. I, don't know. I could not tell you anything about that movie or musical. All I know is that it
0: was uh, not good.
1: Yeah, all I know is that apparently the movie flopped. Oh, terribly. But yeah, I, I mean, mean
0: he his voice was really solid. Yeah, like
1: he had a great musical number.
0: But yeah. And Danny Elfman saying, did you did you know that Danny Elf? Do you know who Danny Elfman is? Yeah, it's uh, he's Pee-wee Herman, isn't he? <laughs> no. Oh. Pee-wee, the guy who plays Pee-wee Herman, played. I think he was either Locke or stock. stock. Yeah, he's or one maybe, of those. Oh, I don't or know. Maybe, or maybe he was all three of them. I don't know. No, that... so
1: the girl who plays <laughs> Sally, the girl who voices Catherine Sally, O'Hara. yes, she voiced Shock. The the girl. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So that I was looking at lock. the IMDB
0: stuff while watching the movie. But the Pee Wee Herman guy would have been Shock. Yeah, one of or the... Or Locke. He I've was wanted. one of the kids. Yeah. Or maybe both. I
1: don't know. Well, what were we talking about? You were talking about something <laughs> Elfman. Donnie, oh, Dan- Danny, Danny Elf- Elfman. Danny
0: Elfman sang for Jack. Uh, gosh, what's his name? Chris... Oh, gosh. I can't remember his name. Because he's not very famous. Is it Nick or is it Chris? Sars- anyway, Sarsden? I couldn't Voiced, tell you. voiced uh Jack. I didn't really like Danny Elfman all that much as a singer. He was fine. He, I think he did a thing that I hate where he's singing and he'll like stop and start talking. And he'll sing and then he'll do something like this. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And it, it's like just just sing the words, man.
1: Which it might not be his fault, it might have been more of a director issue, I don't know. I
0: mean, I think the director was hands-off on pretty much the music. I think he just let Danny Elfman have free reign. You know, and Danny Elfman is very famous, very talented. He's done a lot of work, he's done some MCU movies, I can't remember which ones. But he's done a lot of other really popular stuff. I feel like he's worked a lot with Robert Zemeckis. I might be wrong. Do you know who Robert Zemeckis is? Not a clue. He's the guy. He was really big in the '90s and '80s. He would have done. Uh, Forrest Gump. Castaway. Oh, okay. He would have. Di- he would have directed these. Oh, okay. Forrest Gump, Castaway. I think. I almost said Catch Me If You Can, but no, that's a that's a Spielberg. He did a bunch of other really popular stuff. Which, he, like, it's crazy. He, like, owned the 80s and 90s. And now, like, he's an afterthought. But anyway, enough about Robert Zemeckis. So, I don't know. That's that's really what drew Oogie Boogie to me. Was the bright colors and this vibrant vocal personality... When Catherine O'Hara, try as she might, was you know, her voice was so sheepish as Sally and I didn't really like what Danny Elfman was doing. And who else sings besides like Lock Shock and Barrel? And I mean they're fine, they're they sound like what they should sound like. But yeah. he was he would he brought life to the movie. Yeah. Like if you were falling asleep, when you saw Oogie Boogie start doing his stuff, you woke up. Yeah. And that's why I, he stole the show for me.
1: Yeah. I mean, I did not not like him. You know, I just think that, like... I think I would have liked him a lot more if they had incorporated him more throughout the movie rather than just kind of, like... Almost like this final boss battle sequence.
0: Yeah. Because you don't even hear about him until... Maybe even halfway through the movie, whenever it is that he uh, gets shock lock and barrel, lock shock and barrel, to going and kidnap and get, Sam, Santa Claus, yeah. and, and then,
1: like in brief passing, he's like, and keep like Oogie Boogie out yeah. of it. But you don't even see Oogie Boogie.
0: Yeah, you just hear the name. Yeah, and is it the mayor? Maybe even who's like Jack? Don't you realize these are Boogie's boys?
1: Yeah. But like you, but you just hear about him like in passing, you know. Yeah. You don't really see him until like the very end. Yeah. I mean, you don't even see him when you, he eats that thing. Like, yeah. You I think hear you about just him. See a, you see a shadow. Yeah. You see like, his silhouette. and yeah.
0: You hear his deep. I think you might hear hear him laughing too. Yeah. But and like, then, and then after that, it's.
1: Yeah, he just wasn't really highly introduced in the movie until. He's pretty much destroyed. So it's like, yeah. oh, well, cool. So for me, it's like, it's hard to really like him as a character because I didn't really get to, like, see him as a character. Did you know
0: that there was a sequel to this movie? I did not. It was in the form of a video game called uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas, Oogie's Revenge. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. I don't know. I think, judging off of my reading of it, that Oogie Boogie is actually more of like a spirit. Hmm. And that's how, that's why he was saying my bugs, my bugs, is because the spirit was controlling the bugs. Like he wanted the bugs. Hmm.
1: Um, Which I could see that. And I mean... so,
0: And so, in Oogie's Revenge, Jack has to defeat Oogie's... Like the actual spirit? Like the actual spirit instead of just like his corporeal form.
1: Yeah. I mean I could see that. I could see the possibility. Because I mean like you have Zero in the, like the dog ghost thing. Yeah. So I mean it's pretty clear that there's ghosts and spirits and stuff and so I could see him being a spirit. Yeah. But I don't know. It might have been a stretch so that they could find a way to have him have revenge or something. I don't know. Especially yeah. since it was never even a movie.
0: They, I think that there is a... They are thinking about doing a sequel as well. Like an actual... And th- that's what's disappointing is that like they don't know if they want to do like another Claymation sequel. Or if they want to do a live action remake. Uh, and I'm like... I would not want to see that. You couldn't... Get me a, you couldn't like I would unsubscribe from Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not watching a live action remake of this movie. Yeah,
1: because you could you could really only do so much with the live action. I feel like it would turn into like a Cats again, where it's just like you would have to CGI people so much in order to do it that it just be it just be weird. You know. Yeah. Like.
0: Because Jack is so tall and thin. He's so freakishly
1: tall and thin. And not to mention he's not like a human. He's like a giant skeleton. Sally is like, almost like Frankenstein's creature. Where she's like unsewing her arm and like taking her, you know, like some of her different like appendages off. Yeah. And then like...
0: It it just wouldn't really work.
1: The only things I could see potentially working would be Lock, Shock, and Barrel. Like... Those were, like, the only things I could see because those were, for the most part, just, like, normal kids. Yeah. So it's, like, you could pretty much get away with them. But, like, you couldn't really do, like, a live action of, like, the ghost dog Zero. Like, you would have to CGI that, too. Yeah, you probably wouldn't choose, like, a real dog. Yeah, you probably have to CGI Oogie Boogie. Like, everything...
0: So so you might as well just do a claymation.
1: Right. You might as well just do, like, or at least... At the very most, like, an animated. Like, yeah. a different kind of animation style. You know, more like... More so, think, like, Frankenweenie and, and stuff like that. Like, you you could probably get away with, like, that. Well, I mean, like, that, Coraline. Isn't
0: that, isn't that stuff stop motion, too? I think that's stop, stop motion. The, like, combined stop motion and computer animation. Yeah, I think that one did. I think Coraline pretty much kept the stop motion
1: for, for the most part. But I think, like, Frankenweenie was... A De- mixture. Definitely had some st- corpse Bride was probably a mixture as well. but like, I think you could get away with that kind of stuff, yeah. but, I don't think you could do a live action. But you talked about the video game as being like the sequel, and that kind of like brings me to my next point is that my very first experience with the concept of the Nightmare before Christmas came from another video game where, like their whole halloween town is incorporated into kingdom hearts. Yeah. And honestly like if you don't know much about kingdom hearts, basically it's this game where like you go to a bunch of different worlds uh that are all from like the disney universe. So like you go to like you go to like Agrabah and you go to um like you go to like the jungle that you would find Tarzan in. But another one that you go to is Halloween Town, and that was honestly like one of my favorite worlds in like the whole game, because like it's just so cool. Like you get when you beat it, you end up getting like a pretty cool like Keyblade or whatever, and it just looks cool, um, like the Keyblade does. It just it's like one of the coolest looking ones of the game. Uh, you get to team up with like Jack Skellington as like your ally, and he's like one of the most powerful, like, allies that you could have. Like, he's just crazy strong compared to a lot of the others. Um, And so, like, that was my very first experience with the movie, but I had never seen it. So then I finally saw it, and, like, it just made the game, like... Cooler. Cooler, yeah. Yeah. Like, I had more of an appreciation for that world in the game. And I also have more of an appreciation for the movie, I feel like. So, kind of
0: an overall win for me. Alright, that pretty much brings our discussion of The Nightmare Before Christmas to an end. Um, I I, I don't know. Do we have any final thoughts? Not really. I feel like I've
1: pretty much vocalized all of mine.
0: Alright, well then, uh, Richard, I, I know you... To avoid any mess ups this week, I know that you already know what we're doing next week. I, I do. I've reminded you. So you don't need to say it. Okay. I'm just going to play the drum roll. Okay. It is Young, Young Frankenstein.
1: Frankenstein. I definitely almost said I Frankenstein, I Frankenstein, which is very different. But we're doing Young Frankenstein. I Robot Franken- and Young Frankenstein put together? I think there is an i Frankenstein though. That doesn't surprise me. It's like a one-off movie with the guy who did Two Face
0: from uh, The Dark Knight. Uh, gosh, I just told you his name the other day. I can't remember. Yeah. Eh. Aaron eh. Eckhart. Aaron Eckhart. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we're doing Young Frankenstein. Uh. I have never seen it. I have an interesting story I will save for next week. It involves the one time I almost watched it in my life, but it got ruined. It's a pretty solid movie.
1: I've seen it before.
0: Yeah. You said it's like your uncle's favorite movie.
1: Yeah, it's one of my uncle's like favorite Halloween holiday movies.
0: So it should be an interesting one. I am a Mel Brooks fan and i think you are too i i like a lot of his stuff didn't we watch
1: blazing saddles together no i think you had seen it and you told me that i should watch it i watch. i feel like i watched it with someone maybe i don't even know if i've ever actually finished blazing saddles i've seen parts of it yeah i think we were roommates and you watched it when we were roommates and i think i came in at like the very end that might be it yeah but like, I've seen Robin Hood, Men in Tights, which was one yeah. of his movies. I've seen Young Spaceballs. Frankenstein. I've seen Spaceballs. So, like, I like a lot of his movies.
0: Yep. So. He's, like,
1: one of the few that
0: does well with, like, parody movies. Yeah. I mean, just no one no one really does them. I mean... Yeah, you but the, I mean, like... You, you have, you have had, the Wayan brothers, and you've got him, and that's about yeah, it.
1: But, like, you also have, like, the epic movie, and, like... Some of those kinds of movies are like yeah. not another teen movie and like most of those are kind of cringy but I feel like Mel Brooks I feel like he did a pretty solid job when he would do parodies of like yeah.
0: popular stories or popular movies. So, uh that's what's to look forward to next week is Young Frankenstein. Um Until then, I guess, uh this is the Movie Melting Pop Podcast. Thank you yeah. all for listening. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, Join us next week for Young
1: Frankenstein. Peace out.